Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi everyone, this is Jen Plum with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for joining us today. Today we have Dr. Lee Wiley with Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, also known as Senta, and one of our Smarty partners on Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat. Senta offers comprehensive adult and pediatric eye and ENT care in 20 locations in the Carolinas. So thanks for coming today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so Smarties, today we're talking about refractive lens exchange. So we pulled in the experts uh, to tell us about it. So why don't we dive right in um, and tell us exactly what this is. So refractive lens exchange is a really good option for any individual who's interested in getting out of their glasses. Um, there are essentially, to, to break it down, there are two parts of the eye that help give you crisp, clear vision. One is the cornea and one is the lens. Most people are aware of refractive a laser surgery, like a LASIK and PRK that treat the cornea. But we can also change the lens in the eye to help give you crisp, clear vision. Um, and that's the goal here of refractive lens exchange. It's also known as clear lens exchange. It's the same surgery as cataract surgery, but the lens has not gotten cloudy yet, which is when the lens becomes cloudy, we call it a cataract. So we're exchanging the lens before it ever becomes a cataract, thus the term refractive lens exchange or clear lens exchange. Is one, like are you a candidate for one of the three? Are you a candidate for all three or how does that work? So most younger patients, um, it is more, is usually easier to treat the cornea or reshape the cornea with a LASIK or PRK. However, the cornea is only so thick, and anytime we're doing a reshaping procedure of the cornea, there has to be enough tissue to work with. So in some patients whose corneas may be too thin or their prescription may be too strong, either farsighted or nearsighted, um, we can shift our attention to the lens instead to do a safer procedure so we don't have to um, sculpt away too much of the cornea, essentially. So... Um, patients who aren't candidates for a LASIK can get refractive lens exchange. Um, a lot of the best candidates are really patients in their 40s or 50s because um, they begin, well, as we have enough birthdays, our, our lens becomes less flexible and in our 40s and we start to lose our, our reading vision or our zoom, okay? Right. And so patients who want to avoid the reading glasses then will look to refractive lens exchange as an option. So there are lens implant styles out there that can give you that reading vision back. Interesting. Um, and it's really the only opportunity you have. A lens surgery currently is really the only opportunity you have to really get out of those readers. And if you treat your, if you do a refractive lens exchange, because you've already removed your natural lens, you will never develop a cataract. Wow. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of doing it earlier, but having benefits earlier? Exactly. It's like an early cataract surgery for the goal of decreasing your dependence on glasses. What if you've already had, like myself, I've already had LASIK a while ago, and um, I'm starting to see that I kind of need a little bit of you know, distance too. Does this cover that as well? Yes. So in LASIK, um, we can you know, sometimes do an enhancement 
laser procedure in your situation. Or we could shift our sights to the lens and basically change the power of the lens to give you that crisp, clear vision back again. Yeah. With the added benefit, you know, if you were at the point where you begin to need readers, we can give you the added benefit of a multifocal lens implant, which can give you distance and near vision. Um, Does it make you dizzy at all? Like sometimes glasses do that. No, no, it's not the same type of optics. The optics are usually superior for the lens implants and the LASIK, so... It's usually a little so better. how long does that procedure take? Is it like 10 minutes? Like, Yep, yep. It's crazy. Uh, 10 to 15 minute surgery. Um, and uh, the, the healing time is very rapid as well. So basically we do um, two microscopic incisions in the side of the cornea. We dissolve up the lens with ultrasound energy and vacuum it out with a little pen-shaped instrument. Uh-huh. And we put a new lens in its place. And then how long is the recovery? The recovery time is pretty rapid as well. Um, usually patients are seeing better by, you know, one to three days. Um, it continues to clear up over the course of the week. Usually by the end of the week, they're seeing really good. Um, and I usually, I generally tell patients their stable vision at about four weeks. What about side effects? Do you have the similar side effects of like dry eye or halos or... There's usually not as much dry eyes associated that can be associated with early LASIK post-operative period. So the dry eye is it, it is possible, but it's not as common as in LASIK. Um, as far as halos go, um, sometimes that is dependent on the lens implant that we put in. Some okay. lens implants do have a small risk of having some halos, and um, but um, a lot of them do not. It, that's Does a it conversation. go away? Because um, I usually, had a little bit of halo after LASIK, and um, just at night, and it went away. It went away within probably six months. It wasn't like completely distracting, but it was there. Like I didn't right. know when people talked about Halo, I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I knew what that was. That is generally most patients' experience. Okay. Yes, yes. And so it usually goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it last? The the, the surgery? The, so, no, like the effectiveness. Oh, so the, you know, the surgery itself is a 98%, greater than 98% success rate in getting better vision. Um, the surgery itself, the benefits last forever. The lens is stable and it's permanent. So you don't ever have to replace it. Do you mm-hmm. feel it? Do you feel the lens at all? No, you don't feel the lens at all. And in fact, you don't even see it because it's right behind the iris or the a colored part of the eye. And so it sits back there um, and it, it stays there and it's clear. So you don't notice it um, when you look at someone's eye. Um, the and once again, it's permanent, so you can anticipate that good visual outcome for as long as the lens is in. Yeah. Um, are there any risks? Like, what risks are associated? Of course. So there's risk with any surgery we do, um, albeit very rare. Um, so anytime we go inside anyone's eye, there's always risk of bleeding, infection, or l- loss of vision. Most of the um, most of the potential complications are treatable afterwards, and the risk. Profile generally, it's a less than one percent chance of any serious complications. Yeah. Um, and once again, ninety-eight percent success rate with the surgery, which is really one of the most successful surgeries done in modern medicine today, because most surgeries don't have a, a risk to success profile that that, like that. that is this good. Yeah. Now, has this been allowed around as long as as LASIK and? PRK is PRK. Yeah. So essentially, um, this has been around since before LASIK and PRK because oh, wow. this is a, basically a, an early cataract surgery. So we've been doing cataract surgeries for a very long time. Now, you know, 
we don't usually do it in younger people um, unless, like, for example, if I have a patient with a thin cornea who okay. has a very strong prescription and they're not a candidate for LASIK, but they right, say... Right, it's when you're not a candidate. Okay. But they say, hey, you know, I want to be a, a fighter pilot or I want to or have some sort of serious demands for their vision, then we will definitely entertain this option. But uh, I, I find that the majority of our patients are in their 40s and 50s, um, but this can be done at any time. Yeah. Wow. So mo- you think most people are at the point where they've had, they're experiencing readers. We all hate readers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, did your eyes, so like I was talking about how my eyes have gotten a little bit worse. Are they going to continue to get worse like they did in when my 20s when I was blind? Or will <laughs> it slow down? Um, so are you, are you talking about for someone Near- with their natural lens in? Yeah. Yeah. So basically the clear lens that we have in our 20s um, slowly hardens over time. And in our 40s, it becomes hard enough that we need reading glasses where it's not flexible enough. After that, it gets progressively cloudier. Ugh, um, and so horrible. that is a progression. Why would we not do this? All the, <laughs> why does anyone wait till cataracts? Uh, well, the, the, the real answer there is just the fact that cataract surgery is often covered by insurance once it's a medical indication. Uh, so once the lens becomes cloudy enough that it's actually affecting your vision, um, to the point where glasses aren't helping, then insurance will cover that surgery. The clear lens have to be a certain age. It has nothing to do with age, actually. It just depends on your visual symptoms. I've done cataracts as young as actually. I yeah. think my youngest cataract patient was like 11 years old. She was wow. born with congenital cataracts. So, um, and so that people do covered. them even younger than that. Um, okay. But that, if it's a medical indication for poor vision, then yes, right. that's covered. But, you know, clear lens exchange, refractive lens exchange is more about improving quality of life, um, right. getting out of glasses. Um, and it is an elective, uh, more so an elective procedure where um, it, it, it has some out-of-pocket expense. So what is the average age that you would need cataract surgery to kind of think about the benefit? You know, is it like a decade of benefits or... I know that's kind of a loaded question, but. So majority of my patients that I do cataract surgery on for medical, you know, necessity, um, they range from anywhere generally between of 50s on up. Um, and I have done cataract surgery um, in patients much younger than that. Um, so it's actually incredibly variable. It's a tough Tough question. Is that a genetic thing, like based on when our parents had cataract surgery? Uh, Not always. Um, Some of it's environmental. Um, Some, for example, a patient with uh, with diabetes, for instance, could actually have cataracts earlier on, and so there are some medical, systemic medical things at play that can contribute to cataracts. Um, Trauma is another one. Right. So I do um, a fair amount of cataracts in patients who've had significant ocular trauma or prior eye surgeries. Um, you can get a cataract more rapidly. But I would say in the general population, you're looking at around retirement age is usually when the majority of cataracts um, are probably done in the U.S. Are your eye, Do you develop cataracts at the same time in both eyes? I feel like people yeah. do one and the other, or do you do both? Usually they're pretty um, symmetric. Okay. But I will say um, there's usually one eye that is worse than the other one. Right. But usually they're close. So this sounds like buying you a lot of time. I mean, I feel like... I mean, I'm just basing it on my parents and my in-laws. Like, they were in their early 70s when they had cataract mm-hmm. surgery. So it could be 10 to 20 years yep. and I've learned of that glory, which exact, is great. Exactly, you know. And I've yeah, I've learned that we're really bad at guessing when cataracts will develop in people. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you see a little haze starting, and then you say, you know, 
it's going to progress. It's going to be years, and you see them back. They end up coming back to you in six months, ready for surgery. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it's it's the other way and around. And that's like a ten minute surgery as well, right? It's, it's the same quick. exact surgery. So it's quick. Okay. We're just with the refractive lens exchange. You know, the benefits is we're doing it earlier to get you out of glasses sooner. Right. A lot of patients who have cataract surgery say they wish they would have gotten it done sooner. Yeah. Because. The cataract is so slowly progressive. Which is annoying. They don't notice that they're missing out on vibrant colors and things like that. But so with re- refractive lens exchange, you could get all that good vision with glasses or contacts. But um, if you're not a person who wants to wear glasses or contacts, or if you strongly desire refractive surgery but aren't a candidate for it because of um, of maybe your cornea is too thin, maybe your prescription is too high, that's when you turn to refractive lens exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, going back to risks, um, are you at risk for retinal detachment for any of these surgeries, these elective surgeries on your eyes? That is a that is a great question. So anyone who is very nearsighted is going to be at a slightly higher what's risk. What's that number? What is very? Because that's a great. Uh, negative so, six, seven, five. That's what yeah, I was. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, <laughs> that's getting pretty up blind, there. Right? That's getting up there. But, yeah. you know, I have patients coming through in my practice who are even in the minus teens Oh, my gosh. Okay. I can't even imagine. In those types of um, situations, if it's because the eye is longer, generally, it puts the retina on stretch. Yeah. Okay. And so just walking around with no surgery, a patient with a high nearsightedness or high minus refraction, even up to minus 6.75 like yourself, puts you at a slightly higher risk of just a spontaneous retinal detachment just walking wow. around in the community. Because your eye is just working so hard. It's just because your eye's longer and the yeah. retina is like the wallpaper inside your eye right. and it has to cover more ground and it can <clears throat> thin or break on the periphery or on the edge. Um, and then that break or tear could lead to a detachment. Now, anytime we go inside the eye, you know, like I said, in the normal in the normal population, um, in a, a normal eye, you're going to run into a less than 1% chance risk of that. Okay. But if you have that high nearsighted prescription, you're going to be at a slightly higher risk of okay. getting that type of complication. However, um, we do a lot of surgeries on highly myopic or highly nearsighted people, and it is still very rare. Yeah, yes. it sounds rare. Mm-hmm. I just have a friend who just happened to, which is really scary. Yeah, and it's, it, black it is dots treatable. And... Yeah, black dots, flashes of light that aren't there, yeah, yeah. curtains coming across the vision. Those are the symptoms. Yeah. What about, um, and this is going a little bit off topic, but like I have four children. My husband has never needed, until now, reader. He's, this mm-hmm. is only um, eye needs at all. And then I was obviously almost blind, um, loved LASIK surgery. My kids don't need glasses, which is weird, except mm-hmm. for like almost like right now because of screen time. It's almost like their eyes are tired, but they don't have does it happen in my 20s? Is that I can't even remember, but do our eyes get way worse in our 20s? No, actually, they're actually stabilizing at that point. So I so, would know by teenage years, right? So most people catch that they have poor vision early on in life. If they, or when I say poor vision, I mean the need for corrective lenses. Right, most people right. catch on to that early in life. Um, but the, the eyes generally don't stabilize until the 20s. And so e- even patients that come in for refractive surgery evaluations or a refractive lens exchange evaluation, we wouldn't usually do much before the age of 20 in most situations unless we could prove that the eyes were stable. Right. Like I was waiting yes. until my eye – every year my eye was changing. Mm-hmm. And then I did it when I was 29 um, mm-hmm. because it finally finally stopped. Right. And sometimes it does stop in the teens. But, you know, I 
I find that the most of the patients become more stable in their 20s. Okay. In which case you want to do, if you're going to do a procedure, um, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing with the right, right. target. We don't want to chase our tail uh, trying to treat an eye that's changing. So we right. really like, we're really careful about confirming that the eye is stable and that we have the best measurements possible so we can choose the right lens implant right. or the right laser procedure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us today and sharing your expertise. Um, Smarties, if you'd like to make an appointment with Dr. Wiley or any of the doctors at Charlotte Eye, or Nose, and Throat Associates, you can call 704-295-3000 or visit their website, www.ceenta.com slash appointments. And as always, you can find us daily on charlottesmartypants.com, Facebook and Instagram at charlottesmartypants, and Twitter at charlottesmarty. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottesstarroom.com.